1: And welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasse, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we'd like to welcome you to the show today. Good morning, Alex. How are you? Good morning, Kathy. I'm keeping well, thanks. That's good. You got a big smile on your face. You're excited about the show today? I'm very excited about today's guest, for sure. Awesome, awesome. We are not live today, but be sure to follow us. We always post some great things. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. You can reach us at the Health Hub RMC. Also, if you have any questions about today's show, when you hear it, or any other shows, please feel free to email us at thh@radiomaria.ca. radiomaria.ca. So we're going to start off the foodie portion of the show today with a very simple recipe. It's not even a recipe. It's like a throw together. I get a lot of questions about snacks and healthy snacks. So this is one of my favorites. It's a trail mix. I never buy my trail mixes in the store. They are extremely expensive and I like to know what I'm putting in my own. So here's just a quick, easy, simple trail mix for you to throw together. Mine has about three to four components, depending on how I'm feeling and what's in my fridge. But here we go. Um, Get any variety of nuts you like raw, unsalted. Those are the best almonds, walnuts, cashews, etc. And throw them into a bowl. Then add some unsalted seeds like pumpkin or sunflower seeds. I even like to add hemp for some added protein and those great omegas. And then I add things like goji berries. Um, They're not too sweet, but goji berries are one of those what uh, people in the nutrition field like to call superfoods, full of great antioxidants. Vitamin C, lots of great things for you. But you can also add things like dry cherries, dry tart cherries. They've got a lot of anti-inflammatory properties as well. And some dried coconut shavings. Make it the way you like it. Make it what you have. If you want to be a little naughty, you can add some chocolate. Dark chocolate, dark, dark, dark chocolate into there. Give it a shake. Add a pinch of salt and throw it in your mason jar. And that's it. Quick and easy. Good for you, Alex. Sounds fun and easy. Yeah, for sure. Fun and easy is right. So today's guest is Herbie Kuhn and as I said Alex has a smile on his face from ear to ear. Alex and I are big sports fans. That's for uh, sure. That's for sure is right. We love we love all aspects. I'm fortunate enough to be able to see um a lot of sports in Toronto. It is it is my I like to say it's my stress relief, but oftentimes it actually increases my stress <laughs> level. But that's okay. That's that's good. <laughs> so if you've been to the Air Canada Center in Toronto to see the Raptors basketball games, basketball team, then you've undoubtedly heard the voice of Herbie Kuhn, today's guest. He is a native of Toronto, a graduate of Vanier College, and has served as the hometown voice of the Toronto Raptors since the team's inception in nineteen ninety-five. But today we're going to bring Herbie out from behind his comfortable position in the microphone and talk to him about his lesser known role within the Toronto Raptors organization. And that is his ministry as chaplain to the team. So when we return, we will be talking to Herbie Kuhn. Be right back.
2: Your joy, when the morning comes, your hope. Keeps me looking up, you are enough Your peace, the eye of every storm Your strength, when my heart is warm You are
0: are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biassi. Welcome back, everybody. Today's
1: guest is Herbie Kuhn, PA voice of the Toronto Raptors. Again, this is a tape show, so unfortunately no opportunity for you to call in. But you have plenty of opportunity to follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and you can also email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Herbie.
3: Good day, everybody. Kathy, Alex, how are you both doing today?
1: We're very well. Boy, you fill the room with that voice. It's so—it's just—it's just a perfect match for you, eh?
3: Well, let me tell you something. I'm a little bit excited right now because when I was listening to you give that trail mix recipe, you got me thinking about dark chocolate and tasty things. So, if you hold on for just a moment, I got a piece of dark chocolate in front of me. Can you just take a break and I'll have uh, a little Oh yeah, yeah. Of we'll take. Before, the, we'll you know? fill the
1: space. Yeah, we can pick up for you. Herbie. no problem there. We got the <laughs> microphone covered. <laughs>
3: And, list, and, and if there's tell- ever a day, com- you
1: don't need to go behind that microphone. You know, I'm sure that we could pick that up somehow. Yeah, or no, we can no problem. Hit. We could pinch hit. There's the word. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I will be completely bench, honest yeah. with you. Just, just so we get this out of the way, you know, right off the top. Uh, I love dark chocolate. Uh, my family, I have a wife and a son. Both of them prefer, you know, regular milk chocolate or, you know, caramel chocolate, that kind of thing. I can handle those, but my preference is definitely the 70% dark chocolate. And I also really like the complete opposite, white chocolate as well. So there are the, those are a couple of my Achilles heels right there to get things started.
1: Well, oh, there you go. There's our health plug. Uh, uh, the white chocolate, <laughs> we'll forget a little bit about. The dark chocolate, way to go. Nice. <laughs> nice incorporation into your daily plan.
3: <laughs> yes, indeed. Hey, you got to have a little bit of balance, right, Kathy?
1: You know what? It's all about the balance. It's all yes, about ma'am. the balance. I, I profess that in everything. You know, health is balance and I'm sure that's going to come out today quite succinctly as we go on talking how did you become the PA announcer for the Toronto Raptors
3: I began announcing as a part time job back in 1994 at Vanier College in Montreal, as you alluded to during your introduction, your most wonderful introduction. Oh, that I'm so led sweet. to opportunities in 1995, excuse me, uh, at Vanier College from 1992 to 1994, which led to a door opening to announce during the World Championships of Basketball here in Toronto and in Hamilton. That was the summer of August uh, 1994. And uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, the organizing team for those world championships was run by John Bitov's group. Mm -hmm. And John Bitov, as many of our sports aficionados will know and will recognize that name, Uh was the original owner for the Toronto Raptors when the team was granted its franchise in the NBA back in 1994 and 1995. So long story short, the gentleman who hired me to be one of about a dozen announcers during those world championships back in 1994... Uh, it ended up being part of his portfolio to hire the first PA announcer for the Raptors a year later. And voila, I put myself towards the front towards the front of that line. Do You hear my bird singing in the background? Its Isn't lovely. That beautiful. Yeah. as soon as you he Sounds hears like my you're voice, calling from Hawaii. High, I <laughs> guess that's it from the tropics of Hawaii yeah. slash eastern Toronto the louder I speak the louder he gets I think I might have to move locations here anyways so I became the announcer for the Raptors I was uh, chosen or requested uh, August of 1995 after a selection process and uh, doing putting in the work you know my unofficial audition was during those world championships and staying in touch with the organization during that year in between certainly didn't hurt and now here we are yes imagine it into our 23rd season in the nba as the raptors and by god's grace my 23rd season as the team's public address announcer who I, says miracles don't happen
1: yeah well tell me i, I i'm a living miracle for all the things there you, that go. I, yeah, there you go 23 years i i remember the first tip off i cannot believe it's 23 years i actually I actually remember the Jays starting, and that was seventy-seven. So, wow! Yeah, there you go. There I you was go. in a classroom. Um, that this-
3: first tip-off was November the third, nineteen ninety-five, when the Raptors hosted the New Jersey Nets down at uh, down at Skydome, and I can't remember who who jumped for the for the Nets, but I'm pretty sure it was Jean Tabak. Who is the starting center for the Raptors back back in the day? And uh, I'll never forget Alvin Robertson drained our Raptors' first ever regular season basket. It was a three pointer, and we all, we went on to win that game back in 1995, November the third. And man, oh man, what a ride it's been since then. Do
1: you remember all these details?
3: You know what? Some of them stand out. Most of it just kind of fades in ways. I I imagine. But there there are a few moments that definitely stand out. And that one was definitely one of them. Beating the Bulls 109-108, the mighty Chicago Bulls that Mm -hmm. season who when they they went seventy two and 10 if I'm not mistaken, that year and went on to march on towards the championship. But we were one of the teams that beat them and helped them to one of those 10 losses, and that was at the Skydome as well. I'll never forget that.
1: <laughs> it, it's awesome that you remember those things because I can't remember what happened the day after game. And, you know, <laughs> what you do is really important. You know, connecting fans to the game, uh, connecting us to the Raptors is integral when you're watching the game, and you make the whole fan experience Enjoyable, And on, you know, just as a small side note, before we get into the real topic that I'm just so looking forward to talking about, um, there is so much going on at the Raptors games that honestly, I miss so many things. Um, I watch the people, I, you know, when I go to the Leaf games, it's a totally different thing going to the Raptors game. I You know, truth be told I'm watching so much of what's going on outside the court that you know to hear your voice it kind of brings you back to center and and it's it's great but you make everything enjoyable you help us connect to the players and of course that's what your job is and you obviously are doing it impeccably well and it must be great to see the team becoming um, so much better over the years so congratulations to you and uh, I thank you as a fan I know Alex thanks you as a fan for, for doing what you're doing but let's take you.
3: That's sorry. That is greatly appreciated. But let me just throw a quick note in there. Uh, our game operations department, which is the you know the machine behind all of the in-game presentation things that the fans see at the games, whether it's the raptor, whether it's a contest, whether it's myself, whether it's the dance pack, whether it's. You know, Mark and Kat uh, up in the stands or something like that. It is a well-oiled machine, and most people do not have any idea how much work and preparation go into preparing that and making sure that it is seamless. And so hopefully we are an addition to the game and never a distraction to the game. We always want to highlight and enhance what's happening on the court and provide some great entertainment value for our fans. So Uh thank you for those gracious words, and it's an honor to be part of it. And I'm glad that you're both are fans.
1: Yeah, we are. Hey, yeah, you know what? Your feeling is just like <laughs> I feel about Alex. He just well oils this whole wheel for us. My well, Alex,
3: you're a well-oiled machine. <laughs> he's my, my well-oiled right oiled machine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's get... When's the last time someone uh, called yeah. you? Like?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm, he's uh, embarrassed. That's okay. It's all good. It's all uh, good. Good know, thing is, go on Over TV. the
3: radio, I'm seeing red cheeks. Yeah, yeah. Reason, I don't
1: get it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just taken off his earphones. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about this amazing thing that you do again. Something that you know most of us don't most of us don't know is mm-hmm. how you have come into this role as chaplain for the players on the Toronto Raptors team.
3: Well, how much time do you have?
1: <laughs> I have all the time in the world, and then ten more shows.
3: <laughs> to make a long story, to, I'll, I'll try to condense it as much as possible. So. Athletes in Action is a Christian sports ministry which uh, which was founded here in Canada well over 30 years ago and now exists in, in over 30 countries around the world, mostly European countries, uh, North America, a couple in South America, etc., etc. Athletes in Action provides many different services, but uh, amongst them, is providing chaplaincy services for professional sports teams and elite-level athletes. Our, our mandate is very simple, is sharing our faith, the gospel in Jesus Christ, using the means of sports through the platform of sports and athletics. When I was with the Raptors from, as we've discussed, from the get-go, November 3rd, 1995, was our first ever regular season game. I had already at that time come to know a gentleman named Steve Kearns, who was a chaplain with athletes in action. I had met him through some interaction with the CFL, where Steve Steve served as a chaplain with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So one year to the date after our Raptors home opener back on November 3rd, 1995, is when I became a Christian. I had been a church goer my entire life. I uh, knew a lot about the Bible and about Jesus in terms of head knowledge, but it wasn't until November the 3rd, 1996, where I made my personal commitment to the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, and it became not only head knowledge, but it became heart knowledge as well. With that I met another one another Christian within the Raptors organization at the time whose name was Jim Thomas. Jim was one of our assistant coaches and he talked he talked to me about well, you know what, we really should get a chapel program started here. And I gave Steve a call and I said, Steve, I have no idea how to do this. I've seen you do it before. Can I put you in touch with Jim? Long story short, Jim arranged for a credential for Steve and he started coming in every single game and a couple of hours before tip off and we would do a pregame chapel. And after about three or four years, Steve tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, you can't just be uh, continue sitting here this whole time. It's time for you to take on some of this responsibility as well. So by that time, I'd already started doing some speaking engagements and sharing my testimony at youth groups and churches and men's breakfast and that kind of thing. So it was a next step in terms of a natural progression of my, my career and my calling in full-time ministry. In 2006, after serving as an affiliate staff member, with, associate staff member with Athletes in Action for a number of years, and after running our own ministry, my wife and I made the decision to step back from that ministry and we joined Athletes in Action full time. Since then the umbrella has grown shall we say that would be a very a great understatement to the point now i am humbled 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 to serve as a co-chaplain with the raptors as a chaplain with the Toronto Argonauts football team and as well as a chaplain with our Athletics Canada Eastern Hub track and field team that trains here in Toronto. So that is how it all gets started, and that's how this uh, crazy entity continues to grow and be a blessing to people.
1: Amazing. Now, when you minister to the Raptors, is that um, as-needed basis? Is it done every game or every home game? You don't travel with the team, do
4: you? (laughs)
3: No, I don't travel with the team, and the answer to your question is a little bit of both. We do have a pregame chapel available for the players every single home game. So, for example, if you have a 7.30 tip-off broadcast time at 6.30, an hour before, we will be huddled inside a little tent, a makeshift tent, in the corridors on the way to the loading docks, and there's an invitation extended to members of both teams to be able to come and join us for a short Uh, usually about a 10 to 12-minute little chapel service where we spend some time focused on a particular passage of Scripture or a particular theme, and then we'll take that theme and connect it with Scripture passages from the Bible and uh, present it in an encouraging and enthusiastic manner for our players and hopefully get them to, you know, refocus on some of the bigger things while they prepare for stepping out onto the court in front of all the lights and cameras and fans.
1: How do you choose your themes? What kind of, what's your kind of
3: guideline on that? <laughs> my guideline is very simple. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Oh, you're inspired. <laughs> Listen to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Simple as that. Every single day when I'm doing my personal devotions or if I'm at uh at church listening to a sermon, or I could be in the middle of a conversation with somebody, and they could bring something up and mention a certain topic, and then that light, that Holy Spirit will just click inside my head, and that'll say, mm-hmm. and it'll say, hey, there's there's a topic for you to discuss. Hey, there's a scripture passage for you to dig into. Hey, there's a theme that guys would like to hear about, and that's how it works. And then I'll sit down with a pen and paper or my Laptop in front of me and begin creating. Begin creating. It's it's really quite straightforward.
1: Mm-hmm. That's an aspiration. Now, do you? Does the um, ministry transcend all denominations, Herbie?
3: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It, it transcends uh, from a Christian perspective. It, it is absolutely. Uh, what's what's the insignificant? Whether you come from a Baptist background, a Presbyterian background, a Catholic background, an Anglican background, Lutheran. Whatever the case may be, uh, our our teaching is is focused, plain and simple, squarely on Judeo Christian principles, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that's where it comes from. We are open, obviously, to anybody from any faith group who desires to come in. We have had uh, Muslim players come in and join us before. Um, I, one of my Argos in the past uh, was a member of the Sikh religion, and he and I enjoyed a fantastic, wonderful rapport with one another, and you know. Those those guys can choose. They, they choose whether or not they'd like to come and attend. If they do, great. And if they don't, that's that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody is coerced into attending.
1: Now, does your ministry to the team ever go beyond your pregame, uh, your pre-game sessions?
3: Oh, certainly. 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 Uh, it depends on which sport you're talking with. Some, some of them I have more opportunities to interact with the players than others. But at its nutshell, a ministry can only be effective when there is trust that is developed. And when you are with a team for weeks and weeks and months and months, and in some cases years and years, the Trust develops over that time, and it is not unusual for me to have a player from any one of those teams come up and you know come up and say, "Hey Herb, I need to talk to you about this," or "Hey, can you pray about this situation? I just found out about this diagnosis, or man, I'm struggling with this injury, whatever the case may be." And it is yeah, it's quite common to have one-on-one interactions. It just depends on um, the amount of accessibility that I have with each of those respective teams.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, as uh, I as I said, I get to go down to see some games, uh, a few game, quite a few <clears throat> games during the year. And, uh, just as an outside observer looking in, and I always like to pay attention to detail, you know, at the game, especially on Tuesday when I was trying to catch your eye, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the players come up and, and they speak to you before the game. And it looks like you encourage them before the game. And, you know, these little, these little details. And after we come back from the break, I wanna, I wanna get a little bit deeper into, into, um, how you relate to the players, but they are meaningful. And, you know, we often, You know, we don't have a common ground uh, in 99 percent of us with with the athletes. And, you know, I I was looking at them and I'm I'm uh, north of 25, shall we say. And these guys are young. These guys are young kids. And they've had, you know, a lot of stuff thrust upon them and I know we tend to think that hey they've got it all but um, obviously there's a a component that you nurture within these athletes that is very dear to them and when we get back from the break I'd like to delve more into that aspect of how you can relate to these athletes and really nurture the spiritual side and really again back to this athletes in action you talk about the fourth component of a complete athlete so when we get back from our break I'd like to delve into that. We'll be back in a few minutes, everybody.
5: to me
1: Welcome back, everybody. We are with Herbie Kuhn, the PA announcer of the Toronto Raptors. Once again, the show is being taped, so unfortunately no opportunity to call in, but you can touch base with us on social media, and you can also email us at thh at radiomaria.ca if you have any questions or if you have topics you'd like to discuss on the show. You know, we're always open to conversation about different health aspects, and as you can uh, see with the show, Health encompasses many, many, many different things. So please feel free to give us your suggestions. Now, um, at the bottom of the the last uh, segment, we talked about finding a common ground with athletes. And you know, Herbie, I just added five pounds to my lunges yesterday, and I can hardly right. sit. Yeah, yeah, but I'm having you a hard go, time getting comfortable in my chair. So you know, when it comes to common because ground, your,
3: your quads are so muscular. <laughs> oh, now, right No, because my
1: butt is killing me. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, and you know. I, was thinking last night about the show because i you know i like to i like to you know i have my head space i close my eyes and do my own little thing before the show too usually so but i was thinking you know uh, as i said athletes we think they have it all they've got the money they've got the fame um but but they they obviously they obviously you look to you for a component how do you find your common ground with these often you know i call them kids but how do you find your common ground with them
3: well, first of all, I call them kids a lot, too, yeah. to be quite honest, because the, the age disparity is growing, is growing greater and yeah. greater with every year.
1: Yeah. Are they looking younger, However, Herbie, or is it they, they actually are younger?
3: <laughs> you know what? They actually are younger. Well, we'll just leave that one alone yeah, for okay. now. <laughs> you know what? It's interesting. I don't have to search very far for the common ground because it's quite evident right across the board for every human being. And let me just, let me just list off a few of them. Every one of us wants to belong every one of us wants to know that we're part of something bigger than just of ourselves than just ourselves every single of us one of us at some moment in our lives for some of us all of our lives struggles with self-worth and our our identity and you know what do we really represent every one of us struggles with health issues to some extent or another every single one of us has been injured to one extent or another every single one of us has been part of an organization or a team or a business or a company where they have felt appreciated and conversely where they have felt underappreciated there is much much more common ground between the average uh, common human being and professional athletes than many people do realize the challenge is Identifying with them because what they do is done under under the lens of such a, a fine and strong microscope, right? Mm-hmm. Everything they do—if they can make a mistake on the court, or make you know an incredible gaffe on the court, or in a press conference—it can get replayed thousands of times on social media and on the internet and on on TSN Sports Center. And that's something most of us don't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, yes, you know there is uh, definitely a distinction between. Pro athletes and we common folk in that regard in that we don't necessarily have people um, you know watching our every move and waiting for us to trip and then laugh and 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 make a spectacle of it whereas they do but when you take a couple steps back at our core as human beings we all have the same common ground and, and that that is based upon you know all those things that I just mentioned and many more as well so for myself as a chaplain, and, you know, uh, hopefully as a friend to the players, you want to be a chaplain, you want to be trusted, you, be, you have to be a friend as well, uh, I, I appeal to those things. You know, my, a very simple approach for me at the, at the beginning of any day or when I have a chance to chat with a, a, a football player <clears throat> on the side of the field. How's your day going today? You know, I don't just say, hey, what's up? You know, or, you know, how are you doing? Because that, you know, you're just going to get a, a um, you know, a pat answer, right? Yeah. But you look them right in the eye and say, hey, how's the day going today? Yeah, you're good? All right. How's your head feeling today? Are you confident? And, and then they have to give you a broken down answer, right? You know, they have to break it down. They can't just give you a, a, a pat answer on that. And then I say, okay, your head's good. How about your heart? How's your heart feeling today? Are you ready? How's your body feeling today? Et cetera, et cetera. And you take that approach. And you double-check, say, how are things going with the family? Everything okay at home? That kind of thing. And, and yeah, when, when you've established that trust, you wouldn't believe the number of conversations and revelations that those kind of questions can reveal. And quite often, Alex, Kathy, many of the players are coming to me because they're struggling with You know, they've they've been benched for a couple of weeks or they, you know, they're on the practice roster instead of the active roster and they believe they're better than the guy that's on the active roster Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So um, whether it's a case Mm -hmm. of uh, health or something going on at home or something going on in the team in the context of their role, we have a lot of common ground to talk about. And that's part of what makes chaplaincy so rewarding and uh, so fulfilling.
1: Well, to Herbie, I mean, I've, I've, we have a family friend who's been um, taking up the ranks in a professional sport, and as I've watched him go up, he has had training on stock answers, on being careful on social media, and, yep. and I've just seen layer after layer of, of protection shellage, if we want to call yes. it that. And, you know, they have to be so very careful because for many reasons, you know, financially, a lot of these players have had money that they have never ever or their families have ever seen in a lifetime. And and people attracted to them for the wrong reasons. And it must be very hard as a young person to handle all the stress of these situations. And it is a stress. I have to believe it is a stress. I don't know offhand. But as far as you're <laughs> concerned, yeah, I don't know offhand. But as you far mean as you haven't
3: signed a multi-million-dollar contract, I have not.
1: I, you no, know what? Okay. I wouldn't mind trying. You know to get the okay, full. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but <laughs> no, Herbie, it says a lot to you as the man and the the being that you are, because you're breaking down the shell, and yep. not everyone can do that. I mean, I imagine the first, you know, they're protected coming in, they're protected going out. Um, I imagine if anyone tries to approach them, to talk to them, their first is to get their guard up. So that's what you have to do for, I I, I imagine, a a good period of time is break their shell down so that they can trust you.
3: And you know what? That certainly can be the case, uh, especially with some of the higher profile sports, especially with guys like NBA players. They do have people coming at them left, right and center with... Wanting to get to know them, wanting to get to spend time with them, wanting you know to present business opportunities, investment opportunities, all that kind of thing. And as you alluded to, yes, they are, they receive some education and instruction in that you know during over the course of their careers. So for someone like me, um, you know you, you you just simply need to make the time. You need to make mm-hmm. the time, and you need to establish the trust. And you also it really helps when you have other people who know you and trust you who can make uh, an endorsement or an introduction and say hey you know this is my guy this is mm-hmm. be, you know he's helped me through sometimes so great example uh, a couple games ago we played the Chicago Bulls at home. We also played the Chicago Bulls at home uh, for our home opener back in October. One of the members of the Bulls' uh, coaching staff is Sean Resper, who was a Toronto Raptor way back in the beginning, in the first, in the first couple of years. And Sean is still kicking around the NBA, and he and I, he has been a faithful friend for our family in that first season, second season, he came over to our apartment for dinner and, uh, you know, we just got on like wildfire and, and we've, we've maintained this friendship over the course of over, over two decades. So while I'm standing out on the edge of the court prior to the game, talking with Sean and who walks by, but Chicago's injured player, Zach Levine. Zach Levine is an up and coming superstar, you know, he won the dunk competition and whatnot. And Sean calls Zach over and says, Hey, you gotta meet Herbie Coon and so on and right from there that establishes a level of authenticity that it would have Mm taken me you know how long to establish right when sean says this is you know this is herbie this is my guy this is what someone who i've known for all this time now right away next time zach comes back he can glance at me and know okay that's someone who i should be able to talk to if the need arises so that is another one of the ways in which you try to establish uh you know try to get through that shell to Mm -hmm. get through that shell we've Mm -hmm. talked about
1: well, I know, uh, personally speaking, you know, I've had, you know, my faith with me my whole life, and it's easy to have faith when things are going well. But uh, <clears throat> when I had a health crisis of my own, uh, the listeners know that I had cancer back in 2011, and I went to a place that uh, it was a dark place for me, and it wasn't until I turned to my faith and realized that there was something bigger and a power beyond what I could control, that I actually yeah. finally felt my first comfort, um, and that turned my whole protocol, treatment, and mind around, and you it's know, shifted it shifted your
3: paradigm. Uh,
1: it shifted my paradigm, and I don't know why, because it's always been a part of my life. My faith has always been a strong part of my life, but the it w- it was it was the letting go. I think I think it was finally I, I think you know, and, and that's. Just kind of that revelation has just come to me right now. I took on the burden myself of how I was going to and how my family and all this and all this. And when I finally let go, I felt such a relief and I felt the strength to carry on. Now, I don't know if you've had a personal experience that you can, um, you know, when you're talking to your players, you know, a, a, a crisis of faith or something like that that can help you relate to these to these uh, young athletes but is that also a commonality that you can have with these guys
3: oh absolutely absolutely i'm going to answer that in a second i just want to go back to an earlier comment you made about you know you've always had your faith but it wasn't necessarily um as prominent at the time you know we lots of us drive right driving in the gta can be a fake testing experience in and of itself mm-hmm. there are times Although they are rare, when you can be cruising on the 401 or the QEW or the 403 or what have you, or the DVP, that's even more rare, where you're going at the limit and there are very few cars around, and you can you're focused on your driving. You know, you're focused on the pedals, you're focused on steering, but you can be, you can be easily thinking about other things at the same time. But as soon as there's traffic around, as soon as someone cuts in front of you, as soon as there's a siren behind you, all of a sudden, your attention gets focused more so on exactly what you're doing because all of a sudden something's pressing in around you and it's become more important. Faith is like that for some of us who have that faith and we can easily say God's always been part of my life, but then we cruise. We go on cruise control sometimes and we're not always paying attention to all the signs and we're cruising along and we think, oh yeah, God's out there and everything's cool, but then when the traffic starts pressing in around you and all of a sudden the heat gets turned up, then we can become more acutely aware of our need to focus on the brake pedal, to focus on the horn, to focus on the steering wheel and say, you know what, God, I'm really dialed into you right now because I need you in order to get through this situation, this circumstance, and you know what? For me personally, <clears throat> I'm a I'm a pretty open book, Kathy. I'm a pretty open book, Alex. When I'm talking to these guys, when I'm doing a, you know leading a Bible study or leading a pregame chapel, there is very very little that is off limits with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will talk about personal struggles. I will talk about what's going on in my family. I will talk about uh, dealing with this issue or that issue. And I've been told by many, many of my players that it's that, it's that authenticity and transparency which helps to endear you to them in the process because I will never pretend To stand up there and preach and pretend that I've got it all together Mm -hmm. like I've got all the answers like I've got everything figured out never in a thousand years would I ever attempt that my my I don't know about you but my life is a work in progress okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a work in progress God is the master craftsman I'm his work in progress and every single day sometimes every single hour provides me with reflection or a moment to refine that work in progress. And that comes out in my chapels, that comes out in my Bible studies, that comes out in my discussions with individuals face-to-face where they can say, hey, I'm going through this and I, I can't see any way out of it. And I'll say, hey, listen, let me tell you about what happened to me in this circumstance where I didn't think there was any way out of it, man. I was sure I was going to hit my head up against a brick wall, but look what the Lord did for me. Mm-hmm. And being able to be transparent and open, like I can't stand people who think that, who, who put this... V- Facade on mm-hmm. that, that makes people think they got it all together, they got it all figured out. None of us do. Maybe some of us are a little wiser or have more knowledge from experience than others. None of us have got it all figured out. God is still in control, and He's the only one that has all the answers.
4: Oh,
1: I think a wise person, Herbie, is someone who knows that the questions just keep coming. <coughs> Honestly,
2: exactly. I think exactly. I think
1: the role of wisdom and intelligence is having the right questions to ask. And uh, you know, you're touching on these athletes on their human aspect. And again, it's. So hard for us uh, you know watching the game and paying the admission to to, to remember yeah, that right. they have the human yeah. aspect it's hard it's, yeah. it's challenging for us to relate as fans sometimes because we see them as as stars and we forget that they have just as many problems as we have in our lives and and, yeah. and yeah. so
5: just keeping faith in our lives as you're helping some of these athletes do
1: is very vital.
3: And to to your point, Alex, you know what? It it ebbs and it flows, right? There Mm -hmm. are times when things are going smoothly and there are times when it feels like it's just one punch after another. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you are correct. For most of the people who are watching on TV and sitting in the fans, you do not have a clue of what is going on in that person's life. You don't know if that player just came to the arena or came to the football field or came to the track after having an incredible fight with their spouse, you know, or whether they uh, just found out that their mother was diagnosed with cancer or whether they, you know, fill in the blank. There are many, many things when, you know, CFL football is a very interesting world because you have these men who are professional athletes, but in most cases you do not have these men making astronomical sums of money. (laughs) And the CFL is very much a working class man's league. And you will have players who will come up here and who have, you know, who live in whatever Texas or Alabama or Florida or something like that or a different part of Canada and they may have a family, a wife, a couple of children, and be because of whatever circumstance they might may not even be able to afford to bring them up and or maybe the wife has her own job at home and all of a sudden they're separated for three four five months at a time and the only time they get to see each other is during a bye week or via you know FaceTime or Skype calls and then All of a sudden, someone gets distracted on the field. Now, don't get me wrong, they're professionals. Their job is to do their job on the field or on the ice or wherever it is. But all of a sudden, someone makes a mistake or, you know, maybe they're not quite as focused and everybody wants to boo them and throw trash at them, but they don't know what's going on in their lives behind the scenes. And that's that's where a chaplain can come in and really help to provide some perspective and some encouragement as they make their way through those things. Imagine if everybody expected you to do a perfect broadcast yeah. every single time with no mistakes. I mean,
1: we expect oh wait, to do a perfect do. broadcast every single time. Every it doesn't, time. Time. doesn't often happen. But, but then, but then <laughs> we don't have millions of people tweeting us every day, right? Yeah, we don't so have we, people we don't, in we our face. We don't, we don't have that pressure for sure. Don't get us wrong. That's the ideal, right? That's yeah. what we're shooting for. People tweeting at well, us all the time. Yes, that's And well,
3: that's, that's what the players are hoping for. The players are hoping to step out there and have a perfect game, exactly, right? Exactly. But they're not going to. There are going to be turnovers. There are going to be missed shots. There are going to be fouls. There are going to be ten yard offside penalties. There are going to be false starts, and no one's perfect. Yeah. And and we all need some grace. Mm-hmm. We all need people to cut us some slack. So if 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 a player is out there and you can see that his heart's not in it, and he's really just giving it, you know, a half. Baked effort, you know, I, I'm, I'm just as likely to boo as anybody. Well, maybe not quite as likely, mm-hmm. but I may boo as much as anyone. But when someone's given their all and you can tell it and it's just not clicking that mm-hmm. game, man, people cut them some slack, cut them mm-hmm. some slack. Could it be encouraging for sure.
1: When it, taking it back to actually performance and, and on the court and sort of bringing it full circle here, we're talking about, uh, Herbie, you and I talked about uh, earlier there are four components in your aspect and your in your perception of a total athlete, the physical, the mental, the social, and then now attending to the spiritual aspect. Yes. Now, can you see the difference in players when they are in tune with their higher god?
3: <laughs> yes, you can. You can. Again, it, it can it can ebb and flow depending on the circumstances, uh, depending on the time of the year. You know, 82-game uh, season is a long season, and I don't care how strong you are in your faith, but uh, in a long season, you, you are bound to have some, some times of, you know, second-guessing and challenges and whatnot. However, having said that, for the guys who, who are secure in their faith, for those who, who have Christ, and know that their identity is in him, it does make all of the other stuff. I'm not going to say it makes it easier to take it necessarily, but it helps you gain a healthier perspective as you go through all the other challenges. Uh case example, one of my football players earlier this year was playing very well uh, through the first three, four, five games of the season, then he had a significant and <clears throat> was on the shelf for two weeks. And I kept asking him, how are things going? How are you feeling? He says, hey, Herb, I'm good. It's okay. It's just a matter of time. I'll be back, and I'm not going to stress about it. He's not going to lose sleep over it. Whereas mm-hmm. someone who's who's not as secure in their faith, who doesn't have as much experience, might really be intimidated or worried about a situation like that. Oh, my goodness, maybe someone else will take my spot. Oh, my goodness, things aren't going to work out. What if this injury never heals, et cetera, et cetera. And that having the strong faith can make a key difference in how you react to those kind of circumstances. And may I say so? This doesn't just apply to sport, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to ma-
1: all of us. I was gonna mention that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, all, it's it's perspective. Um, it's it's perspective. It's knowing that, you know, you try your best, but in the end, um we have God and he's, he's really leading the show for us. And it's an important thing and it it must help them psychologically as well. You know, you're, you're training these guys to take a step back where it's like their pedals to the metal all the time. And I think it's, you know, it's such an important aspect. We can relate to that in everyday life. Like, let's be honest. We may not be professional athletes. We may not have, you know, a a microphone at our, at our mouth all the time, but there are times in our life when things can get out of control. And I, I think the aspect that you're bringing to professional athletes and I think it's so important that people understand the importance of what you do. And and this isn't just a basketball phenomenon or a, a football phenomenon, is it? Because I know that um, I, I, I know a man that used to do it for the Blue Jays. Um, yes. So it's pervasive among all sports. Oh. The, hey, the sports, ministry?
3: Sports and in, the, the, in, in terms of Your ministry. Or chaplaincy? Yeah. Uh, chaplaincy is absolutely part of baseball, okay. uh, if I am not mistaken. Now, that's not athletes in action. Baseball has their own entity called Baseball Chapel. Oh, okay. But if I am not mistaken, every single one of the major league baseball teams has a chaplaincy a chaplaincy program.
1: Interesting. Yeah, it's it, yes. it, it's so important. Now, do you notice a difference between team members that come to talk with you? Is there a camaraderie amongst those team members?
3: Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Now, <clears throat> uh, I, I, I hate to keep bringing this up, but again, sometimes it depends on the sport. With basketball, you've got, you know, 14, 15 players, right? In football, between the active roster and the practice roster and the injured roster, you've got over sixty guys, so there's a, there's a big difference there in terms of, you know, numbers and who you have an opportunity to hang out with. Uh, I, I would like to say that across the board, for the most part, everybody will interact with anybody, regardless of what their faith position is. I, I don't think that should be a, a barrier on any sports team. However, if you got a group of guys, let's say ten or twelve guys on a football team who make it a priority to come to Bible study every single week, week in and wake out, you know, for 20 weeks of the season. Obviously those guys are going to get to know each other better, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously those guys are going to hear stories about one another or share experiences or share thoughts on the scripture or the topic of the day. And obviously you're, you're, you're going to gain, you know, uh, familiarity, right? Familiarity that breeds, breeds that kind of relationship. So yes, it does create a greater camaraderie. A great example of that would be a couple of weeks ago I took three of my Argos players away for a for a two and a half day leadership retreat down to Niagara on the lake. And those three guys are three guys that Although they had spent time together, you know, in the locker room and, and on the field and in Bible studies and stuff like that, they had never spent time away from the city together, you know, uh, for something that didn't include football. <clears throat> so here we are for a couple of nights, hanging out each with each other, making our meals together, cleaning up together, sharing each other's stories well, guess what? <clears throat> Those three guys are now much closer to each other <laughs> than mm-hmm. many of their other teammates. So, yes, it definitely it definitely can be that way.
1: Now, Athletes in Action um, also extends to other sports outside the professional realm, doesn't it? You know, universities. Yep. How would someone get involved with that?
3: Well, that's a great question. Uh, well, it's our, our, our website, athletesinaction.com. Athletesinaction.com. We have four four main components of the ministry which include as you've just mentioned ministry to varsity athletes on university campuses and a couple of college campuses. We have touring teams which take uh, elite level and professional level players who are available and engaging different cultures through sport by traveling and taking a, a basketball team to Germany or a soccer team to Zambia or something like that. So we have our touring teams We also have our camps ministry uh, all year round, mostly during the summer, mostly during the warm weather months, obviously. But uh, all year round, you'll have different athletes in action sports camps happening in different communities right across the country. And... We also have, just more recently in the last few years, more sport-specific ministries as well, <clears throat> which take place in individual cities. So, for example, there's a triathlon ministry. There is a mm. running ministry. There is a volleyball ministry for people who are inclined for one particular sport, and uh, someone in that community decides to build up, and that's one of the ways things work from there. Uh, if people want to find out, I believe, uh, I haven't visited the website in a while myself <laughs> because I work for the company. Mm-hmm. I work for the ministry, but I'm pretty sure it's athletesinaction.ca or athletesinaction.com. You can check that out. Just Google search Athletes in Action, and I'm sure you'll find it. So if someone wants to to
1: take up the charge within their own university, within their own community, that's a great place to start. And I guess, you know. As, as we wind it down and we do appreciate you being here, Hubie, Herbie, Hubie, I was going to Herbie Hubie. and Kuhn, Hubie, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I you know, it, I, maybe it's the mother instinct in me. I just, I just am so happy that these young people have a place where they can feel safe with you. And I don't yeah. know if I can say thank you for that because I don't know them, but I just, I, I feel it makes my heart happy that there's a place that they can, they can go and find respite <clears throat> amongst all the craziness that must go on. And, you know, some may have more some may have less some may have more fame some have no fame but I guess in the end we're all human and we're looking for a place in the world and you help people find it and thank you for that you're an inspiration well, to a lot of people well, your,
3: your, your mother instinct is not uh, is not without a, a basis I have had I've spoken to a number of Mothers and wives and girlfriends of our athletes who are thrilled and grateful (laughs) that we chaplains are here doing what we're doing. So, uh, there's certainly an element of it to that. And thank you for your kind and gracious words. Well, thank you for Uh, joining us. Glory. Uh, You're welcome.
1: Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And um, we will be back next week with everybody on the Health Hub.
3: Kathy and Alex, thanks so much for your time. Lord bless you. Take care.